And for our scripture reading, we will turn to the gospel according to Luke, in chapter 1. We we'll begin reading at verse 23. Luke chapter 1, from verse 23 through verse 45. So it was, as soon as the days of his service were completed, that he, that is Zacharias, departed to his own house. Now after those days his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the handmaid, the handservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me? that the mother of my Lord should come to me. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. With this far, our scripture reading for this morning. And our focus is specifically on verses 39 through 45, when Mary visits Elizabeth. And this time of year is a time when many people begin to make long journeys to visit family and friends. And here we see Mary also making a journey. And she might be 14 years old, 
It's not that old, but a young lady. And it says here she went with haste. She's, you can imagine her hurrying down the road, maybe at times running, because most likely she just went on foot, at times maybe thinking quietly to herself about what has happened, other times maybe even skipping for joy. Now Luke makes it sound like this is only a few-minute walk. Because it says, He rose in those days and went to the hill country with haste and entered the house of Zacharias. But really, from Nazareth to where Elizabeth lived could have been 130 to 160 kilometers. So this young lady would have walked from, from here to all the way past Hope to go visit her cousin Elizabeth. But then she arrives. And this is what we want to consider today is that Mary's joy-filled visit to Elizabeth. And that's our theme, Mary's joy-filled visit to Elizabeth. And we see first the enthusiastic greetings brought by Mary. What was the reason that Mary went to her cousin? Well, in verse 31, we read that the angel Gabriel had brought this news to Mary that, that she would be the mother of the Lord Jesus. Verse 35, she, the angel explained that the Holy Spirit would overshadow her and she would become, she would conceive the child Jesus in her womb. This would be the, the promised Messiah, the, the, the Son of God. And so you can imagine for this young woman what kind of questions would have been filling her mind. But then in verse 36, also the angel, to assure her and to guide her, the angel tells her that Elizabeth, her cousin, in her old age had also conceived and was now six months pregnant. He said, because with God, nothing is impossible. Showing that with God, all things are possible. And Mary had believed what God had said. But this news about Elizabeth would have strengthened that faith in the Lord. And so Mary went to visit Elizabeth. Not, not to seek proof, but, but to rejoice along with her. To rejoice, first of all, that, Mary, that Elizabeth finally now has a child as well, that they both were expecting, but especially to rejoice and to share in the message that the angel had given Mary. This was the, the greatest news that the world would hear. But also, Mary also needed to share this experience with someone she could trust. Because she was now in a very unusual situation. It was strictly prohibited for an unmarried woman to become pregnant. God puts a very high priority on, on purity, individual purity and, and marital purity. And in Deuteronomy 22, it says that unless a girl has been raped without any chance of calling for help, the penalty is death for a woman who became pregnant. And so who could Mary really talk to about this? Where she could, could she be safe? And so here the Lord gave her someone to talk to, her old cousin Elizabeth. This was a godly woman, and certainly she'd be able to understand her needs and to comfort her and, and support her and speak with her. And so it is, isn't it, when you are filled with the joy of the Lord, that your mouth wants to overflow, that you look around you for those who you can speak with. 
But who do you talk to? Especially when the Lord begins to work in your, in your life, maybe at a young age, and there could be so many questions in your heart and in your mind. And who can you share those questions with? Who, who will understand what you're, you're thinking or going through? Who can you trust? Where can you go for guidance? Yet you, you need someone to talk with. The Lord often and usually starts quietly in your hearts as He draws us to Himself through His Word, as He, he teaches us more of, out of His Word to convict us of our sin. Maybe that's one reason we don't want to talk to people because we feel convicted for our certain sins. And then we quietly think about it alone. We quietly pour out our, out our hearts to God. Or sometimes we can be silent because we just don't know who to go to. We've never heard other people talking together, maybe of, of the work of the Lord in their hearts, and so we, we don't know if they would understand or we don't know what it really means. Or you might be afraid. I remember being afraid to speak with friends. What, what, what would they really say? They might, they might say, well, it's, it's nothing here crazy. Or you can think of the persecuted countries where even to confess that they believe in the Lord Jesus would be a threat to their own life or their family or to their business. But here one thing is certain. Mary believed God's Word. Mary believed and she submitted to God's will even though the consequence, whatever the consequences might be, she could entrust her life to the Lord because we know that the life that the Lord gives, He will also preserve. No one can take that away. And so in verse 39, it says, Mary goes there with haste through the hilly country to a city of Judah and enters into Elizabeth's house and greets her enthusiastically. And that brings us to our second thought, the joyful reaction. Now, we're not told exactly what Mary said to Elizabeth, but it most likely was one of the common greetings, like shalom or, or peace be with you or God be with you. It would have been a greeting filled with, with praise to God, and she herself would have been filled with the Spirit. She was carrying the Son of God in her womb, the third person, the second person of the Trinity. And so her heart and mouth would also be filled with praise to the Lord. And isn't that what Ephesians calls us to do, to, to speak with one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord? We want to see, especially Elizabeth's reaction here when Mary comes in. In verse 41 it says, and it happened. Now this is Luke's way of of showing the various events that occurred around the coming of the Lord Jesus. You see that in verse 8, it says, so it was, at the same original word. And uh, verse 23, it says, so it was. And in chapter 2, it says in here. And so Luke uses this as, as markers to show different events that are happening. And so, and it happened. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, at six months, a baby can be very active in the womb, and yet Elizabeth knew that this was something unusual. The babe leaped for joy. And that's what God's Word here interprets for us, that after Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, in verse 44, 
It says, For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. There is some sort of spiritual joy that even the babe John here expressed in the presence of Christ. Verse 15 said that John would be filled with the Spirit from the womb. And this is the first encounter now between John, the forerunner, and Christ, the Messiah, even while they're both in the womb. And so the reason for the visit and everything that is recorded here centers around the Christ child in the womb of Mary. There's joy with Elizabeth. There's joy even with John. And this is a picture of John would later express when he said his greatest joy was to be the friend of the bridegroom. And for Elizabeth, it was as if the Lord himself was coming to visit her. And isn't that the way it can be when believers come and speak with each other? God, as it were, sends His people. And when they speak to one another, those words can reach so to the depths of our hearts, to the needs of our souls as we speak of the Lord and of His Word together. Elizabeth had been sitting there for five months in silence. Now it's been six months pondering this wonder for pregnancy, pondering the promises of God, but really not able to speak with anybody. Zacharias was mute. He would have written some things down for her to read and understand what these promises would have been, but there was no free conversation. And so now you can imagine when Mary comes, what joy must have filled her heart to be able to speak freely with the same heart and the same mind. And we see that in the response that Elizabeth gives here in her third thought, the blessed response. In verse 42, it says she she responds with a loud voice. And this is is a poem that she begins speaking, a poem of rejoicing in the Lord. It's, it's, It's one of the five songs he recorded in the first two chapters. And every one of these songs centers around Christ. And so we hear, see here that Elizabeth, she herself had believed the promise that Zacharias had relayed to her. She knew that John would be the forerunner of the Messiah. And now when Mary comes, she is taught to see that this is the mother of the Messiah himself, herself. And the Holy Spirit likely has given her the words here to speak because it says she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And what she says reflects what the angel told Mary. But notice that her conversation doesn't, doesn't drift off into the angel or the experiences that they had, but it's about the message of Christ that they give. And this is how it should be for us as well. The, our conversation should always be centered around God and His Word. The message of Christ, especially this time of year. And so here, Mary, Elizabeth's response is a, is a joyful praise in response to her enthusiastic greeting, flowing from a heart of, of gratitude, of, of, of adoration. And Elizabeth gives a threefold blessed. Now, just like we sang in, from Psalm 1, blessed is the man. It, it means blessed is the person here, blessed is the woman who God favors. Blessed 
because of God's favor towards them, because of God's delight in them. Matthew 5 is the same thing. Blessed is he. It sees the magnitude of the benefits of the person who the Lord favors. And so first, Elizabeth recognizes the blessedness of Mary as the mother of her Lord and Savior in verse 42. Blessed are you among women. And this is really a superlative. Blessed above all other women. You remember in Genesis 3 how God cursed the serpent, cursed above all other creatures. But here, Mary is blessed above all other women. The angel also in verse 48 said, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. So Elizabeth recognizes Mary as favored by the Lord. And that's the one thing that matters in our life, is to find favor with the Lord. Mary found favor. But we can also, you can find favor with the Lord through the same Lord Jesus Christ. But then secondly, Elizabeth recognized the blessedness of the fruit of her womb in verse 42. Blessed is the fruit of your womb because this is the Christ. This is the one who is favored of God ultimately, delighted in by the Father and loved. This is the Son who is pleased to enter this world even through the humble birth of the Virgin Mary. Even though it would bring shame and fear to Mary, it needed to be through a virgin birth. Why? Because he would be the son of the highest. He would be without sin, without original sin, not passed down, not imputed from Adam's line. But this is the Christ who would be born of a woman. This is the descendants of David. And so here Elizabeth is really confessing her faith in Christ as the promised Messiah. We confess that every Lord's Day as well. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, our Lord. This is God Himself incarnate in the flesh. This is the Christ who would, who would enter the world through a humble, quiet birth, as we say, born of the Virgin Mary. This is the Christ who would live a, a meek and humble life in this world, who would die in a cursed death, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried, but who also would be highly exalted as he rose again from the dead and ascended into heaven. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. Philippians 2 verse 9 says, Therefore God has highly exalted him, given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of the Father. Here, Mary and Elizabeth together glory in Christ. Mary was exalted above all women in the history of the world, but Christ is exalted, will be exalted above all names, all creatures, all creation. And a day will come when all of God's people will fully glorify and glory in Him. But a day will also come when even his enemies will have to submit to him and bow before him. And so here Christ 
humbled himself, came in the womb of the Virgin Mary so that Mary and sinners like you and me can be exalted by God and favored by God. And that's why Paul says, humble yourselves and God will exalt you in due time. And that is the reaction when you meet Christ in His Word by His Holy Spirit. You rejoice in Him. But like Mary and Elizabeth, you can rejoice in each other. You rejoice in other believers. You, You call them blessed and favored of the Lord. All glory to God, not to the person The honor is not here on on Mary as a person, but on the favor that she receives from the Lord. So what a privilege and what a duty it is to confess Christ as our Lord and to obey Him and to follow Him in all things. That's what Mary and Elizabeth did. Mary, it says in verse 38, let it be to me according to your word. That must be our confession and our submission. But in the third thing we see, the third blessedness, Elizabeth recognizes Mary's faith in verse 45. Blessed is she who believed. Verse 25 shows that Elizabeth also believed. The Lord has dealt with me to take away my reproach. Mary's faith was evident from her words and her actions. And maybe Elizabeth really saw the contrast between Mary and her own husband, Zacharias, who is now mute as a result of his unbelief. But what comfort there is for the children of God when, when He can speak to other believers, especially to, to older believers who have walked with God for, for so many years. Here in verse 6 says, Zacharias and Elizabeth were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord, blameless. What a blessing then it is to see older members, older couples, older and, and families even coming regularly, all their life long, and worshiping God week after week. What a blessing to see that faith evident in their lives and in what they speak of and in how they act. Faith not in their own abilities, not, not in their own works or our own decision, but, but in God. A faith that believes the impossible. Like Mary trusted in God's Word. Faith that rests in the revealed Word of God. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says that the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But those which are revealed, the things which are revealed belong to us and our children. That we may do all the words of this law. Now there are so many things here that Mary could not understand. So many things that she would not be able to understand about what was happening or how it would happen. But she believed what she knew. She believed what God told her. And so for us also we must believe the word of God, what God reveals to us even if we can't fully understand all of it. We certainly don't know all of it. But faith believed the simple truth that the Lord Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary, that He was born of the Virgin Mary. It's these kind of 
truths that God reveals that people stumble at. They say, well, how can that be? I can't believe the Bible. But we have to trust that the Word of God is true and infallible. And then to consider how great this wonder is that God made a way of salvation through Jesus Christ in a way that we cannot even fully understand. But He calls us to believe what He reveals. Saved by grace through faith, not through human reasoning. And it's only our unbelief that hinders us from coming to Christ. It was called a stumbling block. The gospel is a stumbling block to those who don't believe. And just like the Lord Jesus was conceived in the womb of Mary, we also need the impossible done to us. We need the work of the Holy Spirit in our own hearts, in our own lives, to bring that new birth, to make, that, to make us alive spiritually, to believe that God can do the impossible even to save sinners like us. Mary entrusted her life to God, and so can you, to do for you what we cannot do for ourselves. So then we see, lastly, the glorious realization. Elizabeth recognized God's faithfulness in keeping His promises. She believed in the fulfillment of the promises that God gave her through the angels. Verse 45 says, Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. She had learned God's faithfulness even by experience. She was carrying out a child of promise, a living testimony to God's faithfulness to His promises. And what a comfort that must have been for Mary to see Elizabeth's faith and the faithfulness of God revealed through her. And so together they can rejoice in God and His faithfulness, in His fulfilling of His Word and promises. And so you also, you who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, can rejoice in His Word. Even though you wait for many promises, you wait on the Lord in so many ways, and yet you can trust and expect that He will do as He said. God will fulfill His promises in His time, both the blessings for His people. But it should also make us tremble if we are not trusting in Christ because also His curses will be fulfilled. But we can rest in God because our faith is based on God's promises, His objective promises not on our ability to believe on them, not on our ability to understand or trust them. They're, they're, they're guaranteed to be fulfilled, not because of us, but because of His faithfulness. And so blessed is Mary who believed the Word of God by the angel. We know Peter tells us that we now have the prophecy confirmed. We have the full Scripture, both the Old and New Testament, which we must take heed to, that we must hear that we must believe. We must trust and obey every word of God, even though we do not fully understand everything. 
But this is where we need to seek Him. This is where we need to trust in Him. God promises also to guide us in the ways that we don't know, to lead us in the ways that we don't understand. And one of the ways that God gives is through other believers. Do you seek them out like Mary did? Do you go to them and ask questions to share your heart and your burdens to speak of the Lord? Do you even read the books of old believers who have long gone to be with the Lord? As blessed are you who believe all that God has written. Revelation 1 says, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things that are written in it, for the time is near. So here it's a glorious realization that there will be a fulfilling fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And what were told, what was told Mary? Well, that she would have a son. And she would call his name Jesus, and later the angel told Joseph why. He would, they were supposed to call him Jesus because he would save his people from their sins. And he would be great. He'd be called the son of the highest. He'd be king forever and reign, rule on the throne of David. This is the promise not only for Mary, but for all the world that Christ came into this world to be the Savior of sinners. And your faith even today expects the fulfillment of these promises. Not only the beginning, not only just to be saved. Sometimes it seems like we can just try to get to the point of being saved and then stop. But God also preserves His people. God also sanctifies His people. And in due time, God will also glorify His people in eternity. God will fulfill all His promises. And so faith surrenders to God. Even though the way can be difficult like Mary. She had no idea what was coming. How Joseph would react. How her family would react. But while she waits on the Lord, she stays here by Elizabeth three months. A place to talk. A place to think. A place to seek God. Can you then also today surrender to God and trust His leading in your life? Maybe you don't know where things are going, but can you wait on Him? How is He leading you? Where is He leading you? That you need to rely and trust on Him entirely because you cannot see past the minute. We cannot see into tomorrow, but we can trust God who knows the beginning from the end. But there's another glorious realization and that's the humility that we see produced here in, her, in, in Elizabeth. If you think of these two women, there's Mary and Elizabeth. The one was so much older. Elizabeth, she was now pregnant with John the Baptist. She was much older than Mary. She was the wife of a priest. She was a descendant. Both of them were descendants of, of Aaron. They were both favored by the Lord themselves, walking righteously before Him. They had faith in God. And for someone with that kind of status and stature, it'd be easy to become proud. Oh, here comes a little peasant girl to me for help. I'm, I tower above her. How often do we think that way? That we think we're more important spiritually than others. You're not here, what do we read? 
It says she felt so unworthy to be visited by Mary and Christ. Verse 43, why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? She felt so unworthy, undeserving of even receiving a visit from Mary, the mother of her Lord. And in the Lord Jesus Christ, all Christians become equal in that sense. It takes away so many differences and barriers because we can only be saved by grace and we're all one in Christ. It's all one favor of God. None of us earn the favor of God, but it's the favor is from God through Christ alone. And so that leaves us with one common focus that unites us, it's Christ. And but here Elizabeth evidences the marks of this grace and the fruit of her spirit. There's no envying, but there's a rejoicing even in Mary, even esteeming others better than herself. Love here does not envy. There's a humility, there's a thankfulness. Has the Lord also given us these marks of grace, these fruits of the Spirit. And then we see, we can learn from this, the importance of the fellowship among believers and of the using of the many gifts that God has given us. Because if you consider now, if Mary had not gone to visit Elizabeth, what would they have lost? There would have been no one for either of them to talk to. There would have been no mutual strengthening for their faith and no encouragement. She would not have followed the word of the Lord who said, Elizabeth has also conceived. And she would have let it slip. There would have been no songs of Elizabeth and Mary to sing to each other about the Lord. But instead, you can see the doubts and the fears and the darkness that would have overwhelm them. You have no sharing in each other's joy, no mutual comfort. Do we see the importance here of the communion of saints and of the fellowship together? And also the public gathering together where we worship God together. When you take two candles and you hold them together, those, those, both those flames, they, they seem to merge together and become significantly bigger. And so here we see the joy of Elizabeth and Mary as it significantly increases as they talk together, as their hearts are warmed together by each other's uh, confession and, and, and praise about Christ. And so we hear, see the importance of, of hearing and of believing and of following God's Word in what He says. When the Lord guides us in His Word, we must follow it. Mary was strengthened by walking in her faith and obedience to God's Word. She used the means that God gives her. And if we neglect to use these means, we don't know how much we're harming ourselves and how much we miss. And so even in this season that we have now, or that we're approaching, and likely you'll visit many families and friends, let our conversations then also be centered around Christ. May this really be the reason for the season here that we are coming to. As we hear about the birth of Christ, 
Is our joy then found in this child who came as a child but now a king? Is our joy in Christ, in God and His Word? Or is it in the externals? So we must, like with Mary, go with haste wherever we are going to share what God has given us so that we don't lose it and they don't miss out. Hear, believe, and follow God's Word. Go and speak about Christ with one another. Enjoy in the salvation of the Lord. Amen.